Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Spy. The song was Exceptional American. It's off of their 2021 EP, Habitual Offender. That EP was released on To Live a Lie Records, and that's where the band got their big push, their big start. You might know them now as the band who just released their debut LP, Satisfaction, on Triple B Records. But this is where they got started to live a lie records. And that's what we're talking about on this episode of the podcast. It is August's monthly label spotlight episode. And I've got Will Butler, the brains behind the operation at North Carolina's to live a lie records. And we've got lots to talk about. If you like fast music, this one's for you. So I want to get to it quickly. But first, a brief visit to New Jersey with Hot Zone. Check it! Make family out of friends, make friends out of 
know I already told you about the snake I found in my yard when I returned from my most recent vacation. It was dead, if you missed that. So that's a good thing. But I feel like I want to talk about it more. Now it's just a head. I don't know what's going on outside of my house. I told you before, maybe also in that same episode about the mouse we found in the house that was killed by the cats. For some reason, my wife threw it in the fire pit out back. It was on a plate. Why? Because plates were already in the fire pit. What kind of plates? They were paper plates. That's why. We don't just put regular ceramic plates or plastic plates in the fire pit, you dickhead. It was a normal paper plate. It was going to burn anyway. We throw stuff in there that is going to burn. I like to burn Amazon boxes in there. I almost caught my whole house on fire over the weekend. Anyway, so I go back out like the day after this mouse gets thrown on top of the fire pit and it's gone. What's eating these things, huh? Scavengers. Do skunks eat dead animals? I should Google that. Remember when I've Googled things before, I can't say the secret words or things will go off in my house and they'll chime in on the podcast and I don't want them to. So I won't. Let's keep this between us. What's going on outside of my house here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Are the Amish creeping around all night eating dead animals? Is that what they do with their uh, special people? We never see them. What are they doing? Hmm? I don't know what's going on with these people. Sick of them. Uh, Anyway, recently... I decided to read a whole lot more. This usually uh, happens around vacations. I took two beach vacations this year in North Carolina. North Carolina, the state, the place where this episode takes place, as I'm talking to Will Butler from To Live a Lie Records. Anyway, back to reading. I read a few books. One was Charles Oakley's The Last Enforcer. If you're not familiar with him, he's a basketball player. And he played from the 80s uh, through the the 2000s. And he was well-known as being... A little bit of a tough guy, definitely a rebounder. And uh, I didn't know that he was fully in love with Michael Jordan. Uh, That's that's a new thing that I found out during this book. The thing's whole like a whole love letter to Michael Jordan and a little bit of shit talk on on pretty much everybody else that's ever played in that era. It's weird. He played like four seasons with the guy at at opposite ends of his career. But he uh, really seems to like him quite a bit. And it's a little alarming. Um, I also read the first volume of Jerry A. Lang's biography. And uh, if you don't know who he is, I had him on the podcast towards the end of last year. He's a singer for Poison Idea and he does a lot of bands. He's in a lot of bands now. He sings for a lot of stuff. Uh, He recently put out an EP with Crime Scene, who are from Europe. I forget where exactly. If you're not familiar with them, go check them out. Uh, Anyway, his books, I'm going to read the other two because the first one was very intriguing, interesting, and uh, a little uh, dis- alarming. That's the word I'm looking for. It's alarming. It's uh, crazy to hear the way some people grow up. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to that trilogy. I also read through Brian Slegel from Metal Blade's first book, For the Sake of Heaviness. And that led me to the second one I just picked up. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. Swing of the Axe, maybe. I don't know. It's on my desk at work. I'll be getting back to that today, hopefully. My point is, I'm reading. I'm also going to try and read like this 900 Beatles biography, 900 page Beatles biography. It's by Bob Spitz. I read his Led Zeppelin biography. It was very good. So I figured I'm willing to try. I'm like 40 pages in, so I got a long way to go. 900 pages. It's fucking huge. And people who read books regularly, big books are like, that's not that big. You can do it. Man, you don't know what I can't do. I know what I can't do. I know what I can do, though. I can stop talking and get to the point of this episode. My conversation with To Live A Lie Records, Will Butler. But first, I'm going to play you a song from To Live A Lie Records. This one is by Valencia. 
It's off of their new LP. I'm not going to bother saying it because it's in Spanish, but I want you to listen to this track. If you want to, you can go to their Bandcamp page, to, to Live a Lies Bandcamp page, buy the album. It's up for name your price. All that money will go directly to the band, I believe, because they had their LP stolen off of their porch. Go to that now, but first, check out the track. Here it is. <laughs> I want to start this real basic uh, with a little bit just about just about you and how you even found maybe not so much just punk and hardcore music, but this specific niche that you cover with To Live a Lie Records. How did you find and get involved? Because you're a couple steps in, right? You don't just fall off the, you know, you don't pick up a punkorama CD and end up listening to 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 grindcore, fastcore, or power violence, or you know, anything. So how how'd you get here? Right. Um, I mean. Obviously, I shouldn't go too, too far back, but I mean, uh, I found skateboarding and found music and found Minor Threat is the quick gist of just falling into punk. Uh, getting into faster music, I definitely loved uh, short music for short people. Uh, didn't realize that was the first place that I would uh, pick up and hear spaz. Like, I don't think the spaz track even really spoke to me that well, like it sort of didn't fit in with the rest of it, but that was sort of a early age glimpse of fast music and, uh, uh, Charles Bronson is pretty mainstream and easy to bump into. So I think I, uh, found Charles Bronson and found that interesting. Uh, when I moved to Raleigh, a lot of kids here were into screamo, uh, and I, uh, I think that sort of bumps in even more, like it's, it's not quite like, I don't, I, I rarely go back and listen to that kind of music, mm -hmm. but, uh, it, it was a good foray into, uh, niche music. Um, and I think coming out of that, I, I, realized I wanted to start a distro and started ordering from ebullition and had already been into like disrupt and capitalist casualties. So I loaded up stuff like that. I loaded up some scream movies. I knew I could uh, sell that locally and then just started sort of hyper-focusing on stuff with blast beats. And uh, I'm trying to think of some early bands that would be applicable here. Um, uh, 625 stuff was easily available, cheap, uh, very, very exciting to listen to. Like, I think I got the Life's Halt, uh, What Happens Next split for like, uh, like eight bucks off eBay. Like, there's yeah, a shout out that came from here, right here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Youngblood Records. <laughs> oh, hell Part yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I saw that you've interviewed Youngblood and I, I want to go back and listen to that. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I think Max had brokered probably similar to the fact that he's brokered uh, me being uh, his direct uh, sort of mail order guy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he brokered some contact uh, with someone on who was doing eBay stuff and was selling LPs for like six to eight dollars. So you can you can buy a stack of LPs uh, seven inches for like two or three bucks. I remember the seller's name, whoever, if Ligament is listening, I appreciate <laughs> all the early fast music I got into. Like, I don't think, I don't think that was the earliest stage, but that's definitely the like, Hey, like it's ramping up. It's, it's like, I'm out of, uh, I'm, I'm, I did my first release in 2005, right. When I, uh, got out of college, I got, uh, uh, what we all call like a big boy job and mm-hmm. had a uh, like money coming in for the first time that uh, it made sense to sort of ramp up and uh, Avi from Agura Grind uh, got in, got a, got in my ear and was like, Hey man, put out a record. Like it'd be really cool. And uh, it was really cool and it did really well. Uh, I'm still like, uh, as you probably saw, as this is a Zoom session, I know most people are probably listening in, but I drank some coffee, so I apologize if I skip over some subjects. Uh, no, no. But- the only thing, the only thing I wanted to make sure we touch is that when did you start using the name to live a lie? Is that when you were doing the distro? Uh, so it goes further back, and it's like it's sort of a. I hope it's a cool name because I hope people enjoy what I'm doing, but. Uh, when I listen to the phrase, I can't tell if it's still cool or something sort of silly to to have named uh, something that I put so much money and time into. But uh, when I was probably 14 or so, uh, all, like I, I come from a not the smallest town, but sort of a boring, small uh, suburban town and uh me and all my friends were on AOL Instant Messenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was and still am straight edge. And I had like a dumb name, like uh, I had X Protector X as an old screen name. I had one before that with uh, Sky in it because I guess that's who I was at the time. And then <laughs> yeah. the, the third iteration was uh, To Live a Lie. It's like, it was just a weird phrase that I remember falling asleep and remembering it in the morning. And I'm like, I'm going to make AOL instant messenger name that. And, uh, that was a time in my life, probably, uh, 16 years old or so, where I was starting to book shows in my town because I was in a, uh, punk slash street punk band that wanted to play shows. So you got to book them when you're in a small town. So the name sort of associated with music. Uh, I started the distro with a name, a different name, uh, Stronghold Distro. I'm I'm sure very few people remember that. But then when I went to do a label, I'm like, Stronghold Records sounds really generic. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to name it after something that means something to me. And uh, that old AOL Instant Messenger name seemed like a good way to go. 
And I like, I like it. It's, very, I it's, with it. <laughs> it's pretty unique for a, for a record label name, but I think that's why it's so cool. And you, at this point, you're like synonymous with the style of music you release, right? Like if somebody says it's a, it's a to live a lie, like, you know, it's like, it's almost like you're a, it's almost like you've become to live a lie, become like a genre tag in a way. It's, you know, it's a to live a lie like band would be a, a normal thing to say for somebody who's familiar with, you know, the scene and the sound. Yeah. And I, I'd say there, there are a cluster of good labels doing similar music and sure. I, yeah. I like and appreciate all of them, but the, the name definitely was not following some succession of anything. Like, I don't think I even really, I, I probably knew slap a ham, but I didn't hmm. realize how important uh, Chris Dodge was at the time. And uh, 2005 when I started the label, but like it, it definitely wasn't like a, I was trying to go with a phrase or anything specific there. Yeah. No, well, no, it works. I'm glad you stuck with it. It's a, like I said, it's a cool name. I remember when Magruder grind started coming around in, uh, in where, where I lived. It's, well, maybe I was in college then, but I remember seeing him specifically at, at a Princess street center. I drove past it the other day, actually in York, Pennsylvania. I don't remember who they played with or anything, but I just remember Magruder grind was on it. And that was the band I went to see and I graduated in 2005. So it, had, it would have had to have been around the time that you, that you had started releasing their records. Cause you start with the, it's the, the God stomper split, right? Yes. It was that. And then you, you, pretty quickly you did another uh, record for them. Was that, I mean, you mentioned that they, they were, they were kind of behind getting you started you also mentioned that it was successful that first release. Did it, did whether you continued uh, kind of hinge on the success of that or were you kind of all in from the beginning? I mean, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Like I did the distro, I knew how to ship stuff. Uh, I'm uh, the easiest thing to say would be computer minded. So I knew how to set up a website with, PayPal buttons. And then I, I found a free open software called uh, Zencart, which I'm still using today to keep some of the money uh, to, to try to keep things cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm talking around what your question is. The, the first stack of releases all did really well. And I was very impressed with how easy it was at first. And mm. Uh, as any good story goes, uh, things change at some point. <laughs> uh, you, you hit roadblocks and stuff. But God Stomper Magura Grind, I dealt with a label who knew what he was doing uh, called Nuclear Barbecue Party in uh, California, who sort of gave me the lay of the land and was super helpful at first. Uh, I did, uh, this is how old this is, uh, the second release the Rhino Charge record, I had heard them on MySpace and was messaging them on MySpace. Didn't think much about it. Just was like, you're cool. You're you're a specifically straight edge sort of power violence band that sounds a little different. Like, I know this is my second release, but like, I have no... I, I have no concept of how to do this and like, uh, oddly, that one did really well. They uh, got interviewed in the first uh, or the last uh, heart attack zine, which Ebullition did. And then they broke up right when I did their second pressing of that record. But Ebullition was like, we can take 300 copies. And I'm like, wow, OK, that's a big order. <laughs> 
that that'll be easy. I was stressed that like I was just gonna have wasted blank amount of money. Like the money to press a record then compared to now is a lot different. But at the time, being right out of college, like Mm -hmm. even though I had my big boy job, was living in a house where I was paying two hundred dollars rent a month and had no heat or AC and no big bills like it's still sort of your concept of money is that college concept of money where you're like i'm gonna buy a whole bunch of rice and beans and eat that all week to to have money to go to a show at the end of the week kind of thing like you're you're rationing and budgeting so i was worried at that but uh like i said the first stack of things sold well uh and it's more so I didn't know what I was doing and I was right out of college also not knowing what I was doing. So I, (laughs) I just sort of stumbled through some releases that did well and, uh, have continued today. You still got releases doing well. I see that for sure. The, the, the one thing I wanted to ask you about is the evolution of the way of the preferred format. Um, I understand, like, I, as I understand, well, as somebody who buys a shitload, I buy a ton of records. I don't buy a fucking seven inch anymore, or I rarely buy a seven inch anymore. And I think that that's a new thing, right? That's like a new, I know it's not always the case, right? Maybe, and, uh, and this faster style music is more friendly, uh, to, to the seven inch, but the, uh, I like back when you started those, those years, those are primarily most people are buying CDs but you started with seven inches, right? Was that a, is that a thing? I mean, I know even there's been times since then where cassettes were even favored. Now everybody wants an LP. How have you dealt with that? Is, is it just, have you been ahead of the curve? Have you just kind of, has it not affected you? Uh, sometimes I don't pay attention to it and shoot myself in the foot from mm-hmm. on occasion. But, um, uh, and the, I feel like there's certain, formats that I personally enjoy and will keep doing them and hope that the curve is going up that path. Like I love a good collection CD just because it's nice to have one big package, but a CD as an album, since there's streaming and uh, if you look at like sample rates and the, the technical aspects of what a CD format means, it's sort of, uh, you can get a higher quality sound by streaming, which makes me feel like a CD is somewhat inferior to other formats. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wish there were some more physical versions of digital music that had a higher sample rate or bit rate to where I'm like, this is a cool format, but, uh, and there, those do exist, but, I guarantee you the people that listen to my kind of music are not going to be playing the music through a Blu-ray player over like boutique speakers in any sort of way. So uh, analog is nice because you get out of this uh, uh, area of things being sort of inferior. And I also try to, uh, Again, I know I'm not answering your question completely, but I try not to do uh, DMM plating, which I feel, I guess that's not a, a 
that's still that's not a digital process, but uh, there's certain ways I like to deal with pressings to make sure they're of a quality. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say right now, LPs and uh, most labels are pushing LPs pretty hard. But uh, I, for me right now, LPs and tapes are sort of more of a focus and uh, doing a seven in like you'll probably see that a lot of labels are either if they've got a popular band that they make a seven inch into a one-sided LP or yeah, yeah. Uh, something like that. So, and that's, that's due to the cost difference, right? To like, is that, is that what it is? Or is that just what it's selling? Cause what I've heard or been told is that it's more cost effective to do the one-sided LP as far as what will sell. I mean, I guess you could measure that a lot of different ways. Yeah, like you can sell it if you're a larger label, it wouldn't be insane to ask like twenty five dollars for a typically packaged LP. Like uh, I would say, in the DIY area, you're looking more like fifteen to eighteen to twenty, unless it's a gatefold or some other pieces Mm -hmm. of that. But uh, you can sell you you definitely can't sell a seven inch for like I've seen people list seven inches for $12, but most people will sort of shake their head and say, I don't get that. And then buy an LP all day for 20 bucks. So it's, yeah. it's, it's the way the system sort of seems like it's set up to, to benefit people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what it's, what's up with my, with my uh, thing with against seven inches. Now there's a whole, there's a shelf right here above me. That's full <laughs> of boxes of seven inches, but I, I, man, I've bought, I've bought less than 10 in the last five years, I bet, you know, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is, but that's the way it is now. <laughs> I mean, there's some amazing seven inches out there. Uh, but as I would concede a, a lot of the times they're, later pressed to LP like right pick your king by mm-hmm. poison idea was pressed to LP as a collection i think uh the the crossed out 7 inch uh was pressed to a collection LP like a lot of a lot of the things end up getting stepped up to LP and um it's the one weird one i'm thinking of the the DRI 7 inch is available both in seven inch and LP now. So I guess you can, you can pick (laughs) your format on that. Right. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, it's available real cheap on LP too, for like, it's like, it's almost like seven inch price at LP size. It's it's weird, but I know exactly what you mean. Um, the, uh, you mentioned the tapes and I'm glad you did because that reminded me of the first to live a lie records release that I have. Which I know it's in my garage. It reminded me, I wanted to have it here to show you. It was the To Live a Lie Records 7, which was the Skate Attack comp, which I'm almost positive I bought from Common Enemy up here because yep. I think they're on that. Uh, I forget I forget who else is on that. Maybe ANS, but whatever. That was like, so that was my introduction to what To Live a Lie was doing. And, uh, and the, although I was familiar with some other stuff, that was, that's, when I look at your discography, that's the earliest 
That's the earliest one. That but Skate Attack Volume One, I think it's called. Was there ever a volume two? No, and uh, my buddy that I released that with, I, I've brought up every once in a while about doing a a second one, but uh, it's never really come to fruition. Uh, yeah, I think the thought was maybe doing a series, and uh, I I signed on to do it, and then. Uh, it's just a it's sort of funny that it's a strange thing that it's just a volume one (laughs) that's i don't know it's it's kind of cool though it it leaves it open-ended you know because it'd be weird now if you just decided to do a volume two but it didn't say volume one on volume one do you know what i mean so it's like uh maybe maybe we will maybe we won't you know it's it's open-ended keep them guessing yeah, that's right. Well, Maybe okay, I could so do a, a Prince thing and have a volume two in the vault for after I die. <laughs> there you go. People. <laughs> well, yeah, you you could, especially, dude. You, you've released so many records. I was looking through today. It's it's what's the count right now? What's the official count? Uh, as far as actually released or like in the pipeline? Actually released. Let's say that. Okay. Uh. The one that I just did a pre-order for is uh, 250. Wow. That's, that's, that's insane. And you know what I was thinking while looking through it? I was thinking there's a lot of repeat bands in there. Do you know which band you've released the most records for? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I've, I've released some bands only I've been the releaser of some bands, only records like, I released a hundred percent of the death rats records. Hmm. Um, but th- that was only two. Uh, I'm looking through, uh, ACX DC is probably the most. I was going to say it's either them or maybe sidetracked or I don't know, you know, it was just at a, at a glance. I was like, man, there's a lot, there's a lot of bands here that a lot of repeat customers, which is very cool. I think that's, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I know you interviewed Sergio, but Sergio is a a great person. So it's, uh, all the ACX DC folks are really nice people. So it's, it's nice to work with a band that I can keep selling that are friends and have a message that I can get behind. So it's, it's sort of a, a win, win, win situation with, uh, bands like that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of ACX DC and and this and they're not the only example. A couple of bands that you've put out records for have have jumped to bigger labels like ACX DC when where they did like stuff with prosthetic or you did the you did uh neckbeard death camp and I think they did something with prosthetic. There's a little crossover between the two. How how do you feel seeing that? Is that something that gets you excited to see them move on to a, a bigger thing, or is or is there maybe a little like oh fuck, you should have stayed here? I can do it. Uh, I, I only get mad. Uh, I mean, I, I have a, some ego on me. Like I know DIY is about supporting everyone and all that, but when I can, when I can see still making like a big dent, uh, with a band and sort of like charging up the path together, I'll, I'll get a little annoyed, but I know I'm not personally signing bands on purpose so that they can, do what's best for them. If I'm not hustling their record 
go to a bigger label, but I, I do get stressed that smaller bands on my label get choked out by bigger labels who mm-hmm. they they've gone from uh, a, a, a they've been a big fish in a small pond and then they're uh if if they go to like relapse and if anyone from relapse is listening it's no offense here but if you jump to relapse you're dealing with i can't say that i remember the top tier of relapse right now but like right. you can't compete with like high on fire and stuff like that uh high on fire might be on that other label E1 right now. or um their own monarch I mean, let's say dying fetus you can't compete with the dying fetus i don't know that's just one that's coming up that's you know uh yeah, but, but like, i i understand your example like you're you're getting their pr person but you're gonna probably get their lower tier of promotion just to give it a fair shake and mm-hmm. hope it does well but the dying fetus is gonna get the the certain allocated set of money to make sure it gets put in every magazine and uh possibly uh billboarded or whatever the promotion is nowadays yeah 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 that, so, yeah that's that i understand why you would be uh why you would feel that way about that and i think there's maybe even a band that's a perfect example of that that is i believe your was was realized right who i think was with you and then went to relapse and now is back right yeah uh that one wasn't that uh annoying to me because uh off the bat the the demo lp that i did uh was sort of a slow seller and the relapse really uh amped it up i think people mm-hmm. were excited to see that sound and find more about them and i hadn't gotten their name out to the right people i guess yeah. Uh, but I'm glad they're back. I wish they had done uh, better on relapse. I, I don't really know why they're n- no longer on relapse, but I I assume it just was maybe a sales thing or I, I don't, I can't speak to that part of it, but I'm, I'm glad to have them back in my camp and their new release is really good. So I, I couldn't be more excited about that. That's awesome. I actually, I have that, I have that relapse record back there on the shelf behind me, machine violence. And actually I had, I had them on here to talk about that. Um, which, uh, what's his name? I can't think of who, what's his, what's his fucking, yes. Uh, he, he came on and we talked and, uh, which is where I learned that he was also in sex prisoner, right? Who's a band that you've released yep. a couple records for, um, one of those, one of those bands that I think of, of like a certain era. I don't know. It feels like when that was, that sound was kind of like surging. There was uh you also did sick and tired, um, which I've always said it that way. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it that way with the slash in there, but <laughs> I just say sick tired, but yeah, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't make myself do it. Uh, but high life is an awesome LP. Uh, I know they went over to a three, nine for a couple records too, and continued to release good stuff. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of bands that's a lot of bands that you've put out that I kind of like look back on and go, Holy shit. That's, that's to live a lie too. Like there's the discography is so deep and big that, uh, I feel like I've only scratched the surface and there's probably bands that I've never checked out that have been right under my, right under my, right under my nose. And actually, actually one that lived right above my head at one point when I was in Baltimore, uh, Pat, who was a vocalist for laps lived above yep. me. 
And uh, nice. I forgot that you did that laps Eddie Brock split, split which was nice, yeah. cool piece of nice, cool record there. But anyway, I know I realize I'm not making any questions, I'm just making comments about your <laughs> about your discography. But all right, here's something I wanted to ask about the way you release records. You've released by my count, and it was a quick count. 53 or more splits in uh, out of your 250 plus releases. That's a lot of splits. I like a yep. good split. Obviously you do too, but to you, what makes a good split? Um, I mean, you gotta have two bands that, uh, well, I guess you really only need to have one band that someone's excited about. Hmm. Uh, That's a good point. I think a split is a good sampler of uh it's a it's a hard question to answer. Uh I think coming up and really liking stuff like Slap a Ham and Pessimizer and some of these other labels from the nineties, like the whole power violence scene was very like Here's a crazy split. Here's a split with some band you've never heard. Here's Spaz and a joke split. Like mm-hmm. you, it, there's a lots of different kinds of splits, and I think a great split is maybe bands that contrast with each other a little bit. Like, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. A lot of mine do not contrast even though I'd be excited about them uh, contrasting a lot. Um, But again, I guess thinking of like slap a ham and stuff like that, like I feel like I should Google search, but uh, I know like grief had some splits where you're like, here's grief and a fast band. Mm -hmm. And you're like, here's one really long, like not really long because it's a seven inch, but here's one song from, grief and like six songs by a band just playing blast beats. And I think that's a super interesting split. Um, Don't you have something similar like that in the works right now with like sidetracked and ugly and musket Hawk. And I forget the yeah. fourth band on that. Uh, Grand and Barrett. Yeah. That Grand Barrett. Yeah. Yeah. That's her. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Least, uh, I think that was earlier this year. Mm. So yeah, that that feels very like pessimizer, uh, theologian records. Uh, some of those ones that I I would always see in 
uh, record shops and just snatch up anything I would see from those certain labels. Yeah, you've you've certainly hit that point with to live a lie for a lot of people. I'm sure of it. That if your name's on it, they're gonna buy it and check it out. Does th- I mean that's obviously got to be good for you, but. I, and I found this, I found this is interesting to me. I found it with some people and maybe it's not the case for you, but I found some people with labels and with a su- pretty successful label that have records that sell out like immediately. Like I know some of your stuff does. I found that they don't particularly like that, that that can be somewhat frustrating. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? And and why is that? Yeah, I think I think people take the FOMO thing personally, the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, I can have a similar release sit around for two or three years and be perfectly available, but uh, I I want to I want to say, and uh, I guess this gets a little too deep, uh, like just capitalism in general. If something is scarce, it's mm-hmm. like uh, our early man wants of like hunting and winning. Like, I think if you get like a limited edition blank or blank, you feel like you've accomplished something, but that makes the people outside of that purchasing sphere feel pissed that they couldn't possibly get it. Um, So I, I, I don't love trying to, sort of use fear or scare people into buying my releases. And I do feel bad when, uh, I guess a good example is I feel like I got some heat for the prayer for cleansing release because, uh, I had to license that record. So I could only press this many by contract. Mm -hmm. Uh, my website I, I emailed the host of my website and said, is there any possible way that I'm going to have website issues if I have an influx of traffic uh, next week on a certain day? And he's like, you're good. Like there shouldn't be any issue. Uh, and that morning there were website issues. It was hard for me to even get onto my own website to put it up because uh, again, I use uh, free open source software for my web store. And uh, one downside is uh, the only way you can preload a, a record to go live at a certain time is you can put a date, which means it pops up at midnight. Uh, so there's no like noon on Thursday and it just mm-hmm. pops online automatically. And it's uh the other issue and i tried to warn everybody please make an account on my website ahead of time and log in ahead of time uh i guess i forgot to mention that if it's in your cart it doesn't mean you can sit there and shop for 15 minutes if people can i it's hard to explain like it's not like someone steals it out of your cart but the cart doesn't hold the item until you've checked fully checked out. And I guess I didn't explicitly say that. So people were like, I can't believe it. I had it in my cart. Someone stole it out of my cart. And it's just like, you know, like to, I guess to be rude is I warned everyone and I sold out of it. So yeah, what are you supposed sh- to do? <laughs> 
yeah, like I want to be as fair as I can, but like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, the other thing is someone on Instagram and, uh, me being just a person who runs a label rather than being like a corporation of people that are running a label. Uh, someone was, someone posted and said that he hoped my, my second pressing did horrible because I was, uh, siding with and purposely selling to flippers. And I'm like, I, I let there, like, you can add three into your cart and that's it. Like, I don't have any way of validating an influx of people ordering these records. You can, you can make five accounts and hit enter and probably send it to the same address with, I mean, it takes me days to get that many records out. Like I'm not paying attention to addresses, et cetera. Like all I can do is be as fair as possible. And, uh, what that sort of describes is, uh, growing pains of being a DIY label. When you have a band that people are excited about, like a spy or a a re-release from the nineties, like the prayer for cleansing record, it's, it becomes weird. And like, I'm not here to be anyone's enemy. I'm just a guy trying to produce a record. Like I'm going to go through, like, I'm not trying to cut corners, but if I am cutting corners on a release, it's to try to save money to sell it for less. It's not to sell you a $50 record that I paid $8 to press or anything. If it's, Mm -hmm. if it's an expensive record, I paid a lot of money into it already. Uh, And I don't think people see it that way. Like, like, yeah, if I had a really popular band, I could maybe mark it up a little and make a little money on that. But that's uh, great to offset the fact that I've got uh, certain releases still in my label room that are not selling. So like, right. it, it's sort of like, it's sort of like buying and selling stocks. Like, yeah, like I might make a whole bunch of money off uh, my Cisco networking stock and I might lose a whole bunch on uh whatever stock and yeah. uh it that's it it evens itself out. Yeah, for sure and that's that's such a weird such an odd thing to get to get mad at the especially a label on your level. A per, when there's even a face to it too. You 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 do a good job of being the face of your label, right? Of being out there and for people yeah. to get upset with you about things selling out is, is it's stupid. It's childish and and ridiculous. And it's it reminds me of like people getting mad at venues for selling out and you know when there's a band they want like particularly I remember a couple of years ago there was a Baroness was doing these shows at small venues specifically small venues on purpose and of course they're playing at places that they they shouldn't be you know it's as far as their size and people got so upset with them or with the venues about the shows selling out quick it was like well that's what what you think was going to happen like that's like, sorry. I mean, some people got in, some people didn't, uh, you know, whatever. And same thing with the records. I think it's very cool what you're doing. And I got to point out that I love your web store and I wish all web stores were like that because that's how a lot of them used to be, at least. And I love this. I love that I can do the, the you know, have a whole bunch, see a whole bunch of things, just put a one and where, and then at the add to cart, add them all to cart at once. Like if somebody, if, if people are listening, I don't know what I'm talking about. Check out the web store. It's a, it's my ideal type of 
distro record label web store. Yeah. And, uh, the, the reason I think uh, I'm not saying I'm like the person who brought it to everyone, but I definitely have friend labels that I've, uh, I am helpful and try to help them upgrade their Zen carts because either I or someone else in the scene, like we sort of all were like, Hey, here's a free way to do a store. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I definitely give some free it advice to, uh, help people upgrade their store or deal with issues with it because it's, it's still nice to not, it's nice to not deal with Bandcamp, which is owned by Epic games and Mm -hmm. who needs to give them more money. Uh, big cartel which i mean some of those sites like i don't know that much about them to know whether that's a good or bad corporation but i don't i don't have to worry about what kind of corporation it is i'm i'm only having to offset paying paypal which is sort of a necessary evil and uh the digital uh days nowadays like i I would take i'd honestly take cryptocurrency if uh if i thought anyone would pay with it right (laughs) i mean i could sell you a record for two dollars cheaper if i could get bitcoin or ethereum or something like that right 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 that's cool but it's it's interesting and very cool to hear how you've adapted and been able to figure all this stuff out on your own it's all i mean and that's one of the things i love about talking to people who who are doing labels and is why I've been doing this monthly is that the, everybody has their different approach to basically do the same thing. Um, but, uh, but it's, but it's different for everybody not, not one. And this is, this is the eighth month of the year. So you're the eighth person I've talked to about this and everybody's, everybody's setup is different. Nobody's doing it exactly the same. It's, it's, it's very cool. And yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like, uh, I, I got, Someone wrote me recently, I think they're working on a screenplay or something, and they wanted to know about the label and the early days. And I was wondering if they wanted to know if the early days started today or if it was my actual early days, because things have changed so much. Like when I first got started, we're all trading records with everyone. We're taking CDs out of cases and making these tiny envelopes to send to Europe and uh waiting for the european people to send their stuff first so that, so that we can cut out the stamps put them back in there because i guess they can soak the stamps and reuse them like there's mm-hmm. a whole chain of here's how you do it in the i guess it probably came from the 90s here's how to save some money here's how to trade people here's how to build up a distro and uh i'd say it's totally different now uh Part of it is, uh, I mean, shipping costs are crazy now. And I also have a exclusive distributor. And uh, so I, I've sort of gotten out of the trading game, although I try to keep things still as DIY as I can. Mm-hmm. Is it just you? Do you just do it all by yourself? Do you have friends, family, whatever to help out? Yeah, uh, I'll shout out my girlfriend does help here and there i i don't try to uh depend on her for heavy lifting because i don't want to be a burden like mm-hmm. <laughs> i i know you have a wife and uh i'm sure if you 
like you want your podcast to be mostly you and like maybe she can help here but not make it interrupt her life like i yeah I, yeah you know that's just funny you say that my I, i'm very specific about when i try to schedule things and try to work on it i get up every morning and i do my stuff three hours in the morning so it doesn't take me away from anything else you know what i mean like because it's so it doesn't yeah. create a burden on anybody else in the family it just puts it's time when nobody else is needing me or whatever, you know, and, and so in that way, yeah, I don't want, I don't want it to affect negatively, of course. So she's been really helpful if I need to do like sort of a conveyor belt kind of thing, like stuff mm -hmm. records. And, uh, I do that less and less as, uh, as I need to make my label more like the bigger labels and have a, LP and shrink wrap with a promo sticker. I'm not doing inserting and shrink wrapping mm -hmm. and stickering. I'm paying the plant to do that, which is way easier. Like it's a game changer, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, at some point you need to do records as cheap as you can until you get a footing. And then, uh, it's sort of just stair steps up the path. Um, mm -hmm. I've unfortunately gotten good at everything, not saying I'm like <laughs> great, but like I can yeah. do, Photoshop so I can do whole layouts. Uh the the Pig City record needed more bleed around some hand-drawn stuff. So I used uh Photoshop with that. Uh, I used to just do like the clone stamp to make patterns look the same, but now there's that uh like adaptive fill. Yeah. So, like, yeah. But I found that the adaptive fill, because it was a square, made a line of stuff. So I, I found that I had to sort of draw through it, oh, yeah. zigzag sort of through it to adaptive fill and uh, got real obsessed about things that no one's going to possibly like. It's potentially that it might even get cut out in the the crop when they cut them. So it's I, I guess I, I've become uh, sort of a... a jack of all trades to to be able to ship photoshop no like there's certain things i cannot do like i i have to pay people to do mastering in the way that i want to get stuff mastered i mean i i have an educational version of pro tools but i've not uh found time or interest to become like a mastering professional or anything like that but i'm surprised i haven't done that uh i'm a webmaster of my website i i obviously do all the sort of like project management uh workflow of a release so it it's mostly me and i do have a i've always had sort of what i would call a cheering section uh either uh in the past it was some other labels that i would uh speak to and then I had a message board and I would say my, my cheering section is now I've got a to live lie discord, uh, server that, uh, if I, if I get stressed out about something or annoyed at something, it's just a nice place to vent where I'm not bothering my girlfriend or friends or parents or anything like that. So I, it, DIY is, is a collection of people, but the, I would say, I spoke around, it is mainly me, but it's not, I'm not only supported by myself. 
Well, well, it is, it's, it's very impressive what you've been able to accomplish most, mostly on your own, by mostly by yourself with, with, and with that, whatever help you had is good. You should get the help uh, when needed. Um, speaking of helping, helping people, helping others. I know this month you were working to do, to raise some money for John Rivera's family, right? I want to make sure we talk about that because that will come out this month. This will come out this month. And, um, I just I just wanted to give the opportunity to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh I I'm not sure your familiarity with him, but uh John Rivera, I knew probably since I was 14 or 15 going to shows, uh his uh I guess I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say it. His his stature is uh noticeable. He's uh uh I think he had some disease uh, from birth that he was maybe like five foot tall or a little bit shorter. Like I, I would say probably shorter. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I ran across him when I was in my street punk band and uh, got to know him and uh, sort of knew him then like went off, did college uh, later in life sort of, uh, reconnected with him and he did a label called head first records. Uh, and so we, we would talk about music stuff a lot and have a lot in common. He's also a big, uh, computer guy. So we would, uh, not only talk about music, we'd jump into like, sort of nerding out and uh doing home lab like computer stuff too. Uh he developed some uh breathing problems first and then he I, I think he had a number of uh I guess those would be aneurysms where whatever chokes the the air off to your brain. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he had surgery and uh Things were hopeful for a while, but then he he clearly was uh, getting worse and worse and uh, passed away last year. And it was uh, super, super sad. It, like, I, I still think of things where I'm like about to jump on like Facebook Messenger and say, hey, I figured out something. And I'm like, oh, damn, like he's he was the one guy that was there that sort of fit a certain set of things that I was really excited to talk about. And he was always there excited to talk about it. So, uh, but there is a GoFundMe that should be fairly easy to find. Uh, I, I did have it linked on my Instagram. I know it's still linked under my personal Instagram, but, uh, it shouldn't be hard to find. And, uh, uh, Sunny Sai is going to release some videos from uh, John's memorial show uh, as soon as we hit a certain milestone with the GoFundMe. Uh, I, I want to say that there was talk about trying to raise another $10,000 for his, uh, his partner and uh, daughter to, to help with all the, the bills they had to pay for him and uh, to help them out. I know his, uh, partner had, uh, also, and, <clears throat> uh, gotten in, uh, 
had a hit and run happen to her where she's had some health issues before any of John's health issues. So there's been, there's been some, some rough times and it's, it's all about DIY and trying to support friends who are good people and families. Yeah, that's, I, I think that, I think that's super cool. And it really touched me seeing that you guys coming back around a year later, uh, because like I know from personal experience being involved and something happened, you know, so tragedy happens, someone gets, is, is lost. And then there's initially a lot of support, but then obviously, I mean, kind of, it just kind of wilts away with time, you know, people kind of forget. And I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody's to blame for that. Right. It's just, you know, we move on with other people are still left in a, in a shitty position. So it's really cool. I think for you to come back a year later and say, all right, let's do, let's do this again. Uh, so credit to you. I'll make sure that the link for that GoFundMe is in everything for this, uh, but yeah. credit to you and, and everybody else who's, who's behind doing that. Yeah, uh, honestly, I was just to give credit where credits due. the the memorial show uh, was pretty much spurred on by John's uh, partner, Caroline. So I I know she uh, other people got some credit there. I, I had way less to do with the with that than uh, both her and uh, Dave, uh, Dave Owens. Uh, really helped communicate with the venue and do a lot of that stuff. Paul from Azazel was pretty important. And Grant was the other person who helped out who runs bitter melody records. Mm -hmm. So there was a, there was a set of us working to try to a memorialize John because uh, he's an important guy in in all of our lives. And uh, he, he would have honestly flipped out about this show that happened. It was all the bands that played back in Winston-Salem, Greensboro area uh, when we were growing up. So uh, I feel bad that John wasn't alive to see that, but I, I know uh, he would have appreciated that happening. And out of anything, Caroline made something impossible happen for him. So that was huge. Great way to honor him. Very cool. Very cool of you guys to do that. All right. Well, last thing, I just want you to tell me about what you, cause you're already, you're constantly releasing stuff. Um, and I know you've got, you just, you made a post recently about the three, the three tapes you got coming, but I'm sure there's more, by the way, I want to say, was it natural end? Is that the name of one of them? Yeah. I just, I listened to that one today. It was, it was really into that one. Um, but Anyway, it's just so what's what's ahead the rest of the year for to live a lie records? Uh so the the biggest two things uh coming out next, uh the Realize LP uh two human minutes is up for pre-order now. Uh, I think the plant said that they're gonna be in hand in a month, and I generally just sort of stuck a release date of a couple like maybe two or three months from now so uh if you pre-order there's still uh the limited lavender copies in store uh that'll be an exciting release uh god flesh worship as you mm-hmm. you've checked them out and have their other lp so you know uh i've got an lp for pig city 
that is probably going to come in right after that LP. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it sounds really big, well-recorded, very similar to their previous LP. Uh, the vocals are a little bit uh, different, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Just a, I, I like bands to evolve. Um, uh, full color artwork is going to be definitely a trippy looking cover compared to uh, the bleak looking LP cover from previous. Just had an Endless Swarm LP come out. They are from... I always say the wrong place so i'm trying to say the right place let me google search it <laughs> i want to say wales but i'm thinking that is wrong uh maybe they're just british uh it must be a different band than i confused being from down there so her is edinburgh I'm really done with geography. Let me. Oh, I don't know if it's if it's a European geography. They're, I'm they're out. Scottish. 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 Yeah. I, yeah. That should be easy to remember. I get confused with the UK because I'm like that means Britain, right? And it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got a Scottish band who plays very like, uh, uh, I want to say, <laughs> I almost said roots power violence, but like. Like very like the definition of power violence, they they're a very good like start and stop. Uh mm -hmm. maybe if you love spaz, it's probably not too far from that, but is a little less tongue in cheek. Um I've got that out and available and shipping. Uh further down the list, I've got a uh LP for dry socket that I don't even think is up on my website as coming out. And I need to call the pressing plant because I put in the order in March and I think they lost it. So that might be next year, potentially. <laughs> uh, I've got another seven inch uh, co-release with 625 uh, for the band Earth Dogs, which I have a seven inch with 625 from last year. Uh, I've got some stuff that I guess I can sort of spill beans on. Uh, I've got, uh, so I did the prayer for cleansing full length that I licensed. I'm doing their seven inch, I uh, found, uh, original master tapes that I got converted and I'm going to get a remastered. Is that the and one that came out on surprise attack a few years back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do a remastered version of that probably nice. as a one-sided LP is the general thinking now. Uh, it's sort of a slowly coming together project. So that's Very sort cool. of a TBA, stay tuned, don't get in my inbox kind of thing. <laughs> um, I'll be vague with this other one, but I have another band from that era from uh, the triad of north carolina that's metalcore that's gonna be remastered and it's never been on vinyl at all uh that is still in process uh but that is similarly i found i had to that one was hard to track down masters on and uh uh, that has now just been sent to my mastering guy to get put together. But there is 
something that I would say John Rivera would flip out that I'm putting out that he probably would have tried to put out uh, if he were still alive. He would probably be trying to push this out the door as quick as he can. I think he started some of the legwork of this, honestly, yeah. for his label. So it's sort of a, a bittersweet thing to be able to touch. But uh, I love this band when I was 16. So stay tuned for whatever this is. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm it, excited. A, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, it's not, it's probably not as uh, it's a, it's a decent band, but uh, I mean, I think they're amazing, but I'd say they're less hype than prayer for cleansing. So uh, there may be less people sort of circling the the ship on this one to figure out what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and then I have one, uh, one tape for a band called Grim Statistics that uh, I think it's in the mail to me today, even though it's my highest category number. Mm. Um, so that should be in hand soon. It's a co-release also with 625 and it's members from uh, the band Brainiacs and it's mm, members. Yeah. It's original it's got an original member from coke bust in it and i feel like i probably should know other people in the band but uh as you've hey, seen well, those are two... through things it's hard to keep track of who's in what band but at least two homies are in the band yeah those are two good enough bands <laughs> to to reference i actually remember uh pat the singer from laps giving me a copy of deprogrammed from brainiacs when he lived above me so uh, you know yeah. which i which is one you put out um but yes yeah, so that's 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 cool. You got, you got so much happening and it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive the way you've kept this going for so long. Uh, so with so much, I should say like the volume that you've, that you've poured out. Well, the, the weird thing is this is like the end of my release is not saying that I, if you're in a band, you should send me your demo right away because, uh, so you're familiar with record store day and how mm -hmm. it, 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 it affects pressing plants pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as record store day was done, basically three to four LPs of mine got sort of rocketed out of there uh, mm -hmm. all at once uh, after maybe a nine to 12 month wait. So my, my backlog has been like as of May pretty much released so I'm, I don't have as much on my plate as normal, but I'm also really needing anyone out there listening to go to the web store and buy some records from me because, uh, <laughs> I've got some really good new releases as of May that definitely could use some homes. And, uh, then I've got these handful of new releases I mentioned are the last on my plate for right now. I, I've definitely tried to, halts right now to focus on selling some of these and hyping it and making sure I pay attention to new releases and give them the release they deserve, which is definitely a concern because right. as I get bigger, I can't just let a release drop out of there. Like it bands deserve time and attention and a good release on top of that.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Will Butler. And the song you just heard was Nature Bot by Realize from Two Human Minutes coming out October 6, 2023. Be on the lookout for that record. If you're not familiar with the band, it's obviously uh, pretty different from the other stuff on To Live a Lie Records. Industrial, like Will mentioned, God Flesh Worship, like you just heard, different but cool. And it's by guys who know how to write fast music. So you got a little bit of elements of that in there, too. You just got to kind of look a little farther, dig a little deeper. I highly encourage you to check out Realize and their discography to date. Thanks again to Will for having this conversation with me. Also, thank you to previous Getting It Out podcast two-time guest Scott Roselle from Black House Limited for hooking up the contact and getting this thing rolling. I totally appreciate that. Um, I might have talked about this before in the podcast, but Scott sent me the best package I've ever received from a record label. And uh, Instagram won't let me post it for some reason. You know how I do those getting it in the mail videos. And uh, it keeps taking it down. I don't know what's wrong. I have no idea. I've tried it so many times. Maybe it's just too long because the package was so big. I think that might be the case. Um, I've also got some stuff recently from Blackout Records from Bill Wilson who sent to me. I just haven't had time to do the whole unboxing thing, but I'm going to find that time very soon. So be on the lookout for that. And if you yourself want to send me some things to open up, to check out, to unbox, to have, to be nice to me, then I would appreciate that. And I accept that. So go ahead, get them in the mail so I can get them out of the mail. Before we get out of here, I want to encourage you to go over to gettingitout.net. Check out the record reviews I wrote this week. I put two up. Yes, I wrote two reviews. I haven't done any for months. And then suddenly this week, I knocked out two. One is for the new Pain of Truth record coming out on Days. It's called Not Through Blood. It's full of guest appearances on vocals. And the other one is for the Oxbow record, Love's Holiday, that already has released. I just felt I should go back and finish the review I started months ago. So I did. So please go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's happening over there. If you want to send your music in to me, the email address is dan at gettingitout.net. I do my best to check out every single thing that comes in. I, well, you know what? I do check out every single thing that comes in. Most of it eventually gets played on the podcast, whether that's at the beginning or the end, or if it's very cool, I end up setting up episodes and talking to the people who send in their music. Not a guarantee, just a possibility. So before we get out of here, I want to end this with a track that I really like from a band I dig so much. Uh, this record came out. I don't know when Pry came out exactly. It's from Peace Test. It was, it was within a year or two, and it's awesome. It's super fast, hardcore. It's one of my favorite records of this genre and one of my favorite bands playing this style of music right now. The song's called 40%. Again, it's available over their record Pry on To Live a Lie Records. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.